special disclaimer that I, Mystic, am an employee of Wizards of the Coast on the D&D team. Last time on Utopia Podcast, the party successfully saved the princess from an evil corruption brought forth by Medusa and Nyx. They met the King Thedonis and learned that he's actually the god Reem. After continuing to clear corruption from the castle, the party went back to their cottage, only to find that their new satyr friend had been missing. Godfrey went looking for her, but was unable to find her. Six weeks have passed since that day, and this where we find the party. late evening, the purple and orange and red sunset is happening down the hill past the city of Florencia, which you can see from the cottage out over the water on the horizon. There's a fire bubbling in the fireplace and the kitchen smells warm and full of food and deliciousness. And weirdly, for the first time in these past six weeks, now that it is the 19th of the berm, everyone is home for a dinner. Morgus, what are you doing as you prep the table, the food, everything to sit down with your newfound family? Ow! Fuck! Who sharpened the forts? <laughs> Livy like walks in I mean, and then hears that I'm and really good walks at out. It. Uh, you are certainly getting much better at it. Don't think they need to be quite that sharp. I'm just gonna take this one and sort of. It makes it easier to check the potatoes. It can be one of the cooking utensils now, for checking potatoes. That can be what is for. Fucking <laughs> Complain about the knife. So Morgus is setting the table. Yeah. Well. Well. Now he's he's going to tend tend to his. Uh, his little, his little ouchie, and uh, I'm probably going to actually go check on the potatoes and uh, make sure they're cheesy enough. Yeah. Maybe add some, like, cream we- cheese to them or something to make them just Where do we find- ridiculous. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Where do we find Ziba? Uh, what's Ziba's role in this family dinner? Probably under Morgus's feet, trying to help cook. <laughs> yeah. Taking up as a hobby lately. <laughs> trying my best to contribute, but like. I think I think I'm safe at saying Morgus isn't used to having another person in the kitchen with him. <laughs> and so like every time he turns around, there's Ziva. It's like it was like, oh, watch your head. Turns around, there's Ziva. She's like trying to carry pans over his head and he's about taking his head off. Like Have you perfected anything, do you think, in this in this time that you've taken up cooking? Is there anything that Ziva's gotten really good at making that she would make for this dinner? The first thing that came to my mind that I feel like Zippo would do their best to perfect as soon as possible is cupcakes, which I don't understand how that contributes to a family dinner, unless we're a dessert kind of family. Are we a dessert kind of family? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then I would say cupcakes. Cool. Just mix right now. Though. I can't yeah. put them in yet. They got to be fresh, and so we want to put them in right before the dinner starts. And so I'm trying not to get flour on Morgus's cheese and potatoes. Am I succeeding? Trying our best. <laughs> it turns into gnocchi at some point. It's cheesy gnocchi. <laughs> Looks like we're going to have pasta. Now I have to make an alfredo sauce. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you, Ziba, for the help. I appreciate it. Just changing the menu. Awesome. What is Godfrey up to? Like at around this point, Godfrey comes through the front door uh, with a bag, like a paper bag in his hand that has a little bit of grease seeping out of the sides of it. Uh, and finds a bowl that he places on the table and then dumps out the bag of cheesy biscuits uh, into the center <laughs> of the table for. Then he is uh, either going to rummage around or kind of take off to go down into the workspace that we've converted the basement into. Yeah. Mm. Morgus, you see these contraband cheesy biscuits enter the cottage. <laughs> I am affronted. <laughs> affronted, I say. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bit of a regional um, convergence there. I'm affronted, Godfrey. Well, I appreciate the sentimentality of it. Uh, I mean, I smelt the pasta being made. I thought cheese biscuits would work pretty well for that. You oh, just I could take them down. No, no, no. You get one. This is the one. And I go back into right. the kitchen. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you head down into the basement. I assume... Ed, correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe Godfrey finds Livy down there. Absolutely. Um, the basement has been kind of transformed into like a workbench slash laboratory. Um, but like a part of it is also Livy's bedroom. Um, and you find him like going over books and maps 
and or he was but now he's just like in his chair like his hair is like splayed about and he looks much like he'd rather be asleep than doing anything else and he gives like a little salute like a, a lazy salute to godfrey as he just rests in this chair i want to start heading up it looks like uh things are about ready up in the cabin wait what time is it well, you know, it's uh, just about dinner time, I'd say. Godfrey walks past to like the little alchemy stand, and uh, you know, are we having a late? Oh, I was here all day again. Have you slept recently? You look like you're very tired. No, no, I have not. Um, it's it's fine. Um, so I probably don't need sleep. I don't think I do. I know I do. You very clearly do. I do need sleep. That's right. Those are... Elves don't need sleep? Don't, don't worry yourself with that right now, Levy. It's fine. It's dinner time. Nothing stressful. <clears throat> oh. Alright. Yeah, okay. Um... I don't know. I kind of forgot what I was doing here anyway. Kind of got lost. Um, and you can see, um, uh, like, mo like half of it's probably coherent. And then, like, you can see where kind of Livy went a little bit off the deep end. And at the van very end, it's like sleeping gnomes, question mark, question mark. Um, like, underground portals that might exist, secret passages that can no way exist. I think I would like some food. Yeah. And to be away from this. Yeah, head on up. I'll be up there in a moment. Okay. And he does so. Let Give me a little thumbs yeah. up. <laughs> head up out the cellar doors you once got locked down into this basement into and up around to the front door of the cottage. Godfrey, what things you need to wrap up down here in the basement? So down here in the basement, he goes to the alchemy bench that he has set up. Uh, he brushes past his uh, gargoyle head and hanging mummified knoll foot that he has now uh, placed in this section. And he goes to a various contraption of tubes and distilleries taking the final drop of the last healing potion he had been brewing over the time up and placing it into a bag with about seven others of them before placing them into his pouch and bringing them upstairs. Right. The table is set. The food is smelling amazing. Ziba and Morgus are... Although Ziba might be almost taking off Morgus's head, I feel like y'all have practiced this enough that it is kind of a dance the way that people who cook together often are able to kind of coordinate around each other. Um, where do we find Scylla in the cottage? So if my assumptions about the way that this cottage is sort of laid out are correct, it's sort of a one-room deal. We've only got the one door on a bedroom. And so... If the rest of the crew is kind of used to Scylla picking up these night jobs, these like door jobs, they let her kind of hang out during the day and rest in that one room. And so around dinner time, 
she comes out. And what you hear first before the door creaks open is the sound of her creaking bones as she gets out of bed and her armor clanking the bits that she left on when she slept and cracking. And she comes out and she's got, um, when you sleep on a book wrong, like when you fall asleep on top of a book, she's got sort of paper marks on her face. And she interrupts this, not interrupts, she kind of works her way into this dance that Ziba and Morgus are doing, and she sneaks in and grabs a cheesy biscuit nice. before heading over. And um, she goes over to the water bath, the little wash basin, and starts washing up for dinner. Her hands are covered in dirt. Um, not blood, just, just dirt. Uh, and she rinses that off before kind of getting out of the way, chomping down on her cheesy biscuit. Great. Eventually, everyone makes their way to the table. They're able to sit for the first dinner, as I mentioned, together the cottage since the events at the castle. You all have had your own independent conversations or experiences. You certainly have all seen one another in passing or in confidence or, you know, in on purpose to do things together. This is the first time that everyone, all five of you, are once again reconvening at the dinner table. You're able to take a few bites and then sort of this heaviness, this weight of unfinished business that you all have carried with you since that castle, the the missing satyr woman and the proposition or the ask for help from the king, the knowledge of what's happening near Fort Mercer and at Fort Mercer, all of these things lay heavy and it starts to feel as if there's this elephant in the room as you chew and enjoy this meal together. Also, probably become routine, but Godfrey does not have a plate of food. So he cannot get the food past his mess. Yep. <laughs> Scylla probably waits for everybody else to serve themselves, save Godfrey, who uh, she stands near, um, I think, just out of comfort. Louis gets his um, assortment of blue things. Kind of like nibbles on them. Yeah, I... Zibba and Morgus certainly know to accommodate with some kind of blue magic or a blue kind of a, a mix of a, a natural dye, whether that be a blueberry or other blue item that can be mixed in to make sure you can enjoy the food and drink. You want a blue velvet cupcake? Yeah, Louis like chomps down on the frosting. Um, I am- tell Morgus that's where his cream cheese went. <laughs> um, so, you looks around. The house looks different. What do you mean? Cleaner? Looks a little cleaner, maybe. No, I mean, like, well, it, it does look cleaner, but also, 
it feels like there have been some someone's been working on it am i crazy well it's just fixing some things here and there i didn't think you know swinging hammers is that different than swinging a sword and then you know, Silla was sleeping on the couch for so long, so might as well make like a little pull-out Murphy bed. And then, you know, I noticed that the sink was a little leaky, so I thought, you know, we should fix that. But then while I was fixing that, I was like, well, this door is creaky. So then I was kind of working on the cabinetry. Oh, Ziba, are you working on additions while, while we're sleeping? I could. Possibly. The supplies might hear be purchased. To be fair, um, you are a very, like, heavy sleeper. That's true. I once, like, in the middle of the night, dropped, like, an entire glass set, and you were, like, well, in the middle of the morning, um, you were fine. Wait, which glass set? You don't have to worry about that. I replaced it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like the facts are, everyone in this house is either a super heavy sleeper or they just don't sleep. So I didn't think I was bothering anyone. But I mean, if I woke you up, let me know. No, hey, listen for the craftsmanship, and and she like knocks on a, a bit of like wood that's been hammered near her. I mean, this is solid. I, I, yeah, I'd have expected to slept right through it. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted the place to look nice if. You know, our friend never came back, but, um, yeah, so if we ever want to entertain, you gotta uh, have other people stay. I guess we have a nice place to do so. Gotta make this shithole a shit home. Scylla, language. <laughs> Sorry, gotta make this fucking shithole a shit home. <laughs> Do you want another serving? <laughs> oh, yeah. And she, like, hands her plate over. So, what's our next step, then? I've been working for with the king. He hasn't answered a lot of questions. In fact, he's been avoiding almost all of them. Yeah, that bodes well. I'm sure that means he's not hiding anything at all. I don't know if he's hiding any... He's an interesting person. I don't think he's hiding anything because of malicious reasons. But because he thinks they're too depressing to talk about. Which is its own can of worms. He reminds me of Maya in that way. Hmm. You trust him, though? Yeah, I trust him not to intentionally screw us over. He seems like, regardless of his flaws, he wants the best for us, or at least everyone to be happy. 
it definitely feels like he thinks in very simple terms. But I believe the princess is herself has been involved in a lot of these meetings. Mm-hmm. And she's a very competent person. She doesn't seem to suffer from the same um, single-mindedness as her father. She reminds me a bit of you, actually. Of who? You. I. You're both very alike. <laughs> she like chokes on some of her biscuit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, me and me and Nepo baby monarch princess. She's. I know you probably won't. <clears throat> I don't know your personal feelings. I know you don't have a great opinion of royals in the monarchy, but you are both very driven people and both very intelligent people. Mm. And I think you're similar in that way. So his jaw is visibly tight. <laughs> she just keeps chewing. Livy like picks at his food. Thank you for the dinner, uh, Ziva in Morgus. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot more cupcakes where that came from. You're very welcome. There's definitely going to be leftovers. Uh, yes. But I feel like we should really talk about what our next move is. In that conversation, uh, Godfrey pulls out the healing potions he's brewed and he puts one Potion of greater healing in front of everyone. Oh, thank you, Godfrey. You're welcome. And I had my conversation with Nyx. Hey. Are you saying we're going to need these? I'm saying that they're needed in whatever direction we decide to go. What did they say? Well, I tried to ask about the motives behind what's happening at Mercer, behind what Medusa is up to. And Nyx wove a tale for me that this place was originally built as kind of testing ground, a place for the gods to just interact with. And specifically, the gods above by their words. While them and others were 
clumped into the ones below who weren't able to interact with it. He spoke briefly about the conflict that they had had trying to gain the ability to interact with our world or something of that matter. Which is the invisible war, as far as I understand. At the end, Mysheria made them all go to sleep until they found their way back. So their goal is to have the same influence on this realm as the other gods. As far as I know. In that regard, I feel like we have three ways forward from this spot. It's possible I don't see every possibility here. We could side with the gods above. Try to lock the ones below back below. And then be subjected to whatever whims the gods above have for this plane. We could try to find Mysheria, wake Mysheria up and figure out how to put all the gods to sleep again, and return to a world the way it was for the last... since the Invisible War, in this utopian era. Or we let the gods below join the gods above and this place just becomes whatever chaos that would be. Did Nick seem to indicate any sort of potential reconciliation if we choose the former? What I gathered was that Nyx was trying to go find Maya, to sway Maya, to join them. So whatever their goals are, it isn't complete annihilation. From their perspective, it is an equaling of the playing ground. Balance, I guess. They seemed to be under the impression that the things they were doing was for the greater good. Their greater good has killed a lot of people. That's what I said. Yeah, it's as not well. the story. Isn't that the same story we always hear? Everybody's always doing it for the greater good. What is the greater good? How did you feel, Godfrey, coming away from that conversation? I... more conflicted than I thought I would be. They said that they had chosen me to be their champion. And that I would agree to that eventually.
And is that what you're feeling compelled to do? Or is that what you're wanting to do? Neither right now. Silla sort of slumps back, puts her back against the wall, falls her arms. But the scope of the way that Erebus seems to think is in the scope of infinities instead of the scope of lifetimes. What in the fuck does that mean? It means she indicated that because I will not die. It might not be today or tomorrow or a hundred years from now, but eventually I would join them. Mm. Whatever they're planning on doing, they're playing a long game. Seems cocky. Takes another bite of cheesy biscuit. So those are the three options I see. It seems like waking up my Shiria is just a temporary solution. It's a continuation of how things are. Or a return to how things were. It's... Or an unconcluded future. Seem to be our three options. It feels a bit selfish to pass the buck in a different generation. That does buy time, though. It's just an alternative thought. You're talking about Mysheria and a way to, like, put this off, right, for another generation. My mind might be the next one. But, like, who are we really to say also that God's deserve to be in forever slumber again. Like, they seem to be sentient people with feelings, too. Why would we get to have a say in that? And who gets locked where? I feel like five people having a nice dinner of potato pasta. It seems a bit much for us to say we get to decide the fate of gods without, you know, really considering more about this perspective, because... Personally, for me, I only have the perspective, very little experience on my resume of being a half-orc. And so I don't know if I have the broad enough knowledge to make a call on that, but maybe you guys have different resume experiences. I mean, who knows with Morgus? Facts are facts. Can I, and I'm, I'm sorry to ask above table, because I, Scylla, in the moment, I think I'm, I'm struggling. No, sorry, Liz in the moment is having trouble understanding maybe what my response, <clears throat> sorry, to this would be as a follower of my Sharia. Like what, and maybe that's because I struggle as a person to like connect to religion and faith, but what, what would the implications of this? Um, them... Well, my Sharia is real in that they have siblings. And it would mean that 
your faith that the teachings that if we if we pers- would mean that sorry go ahead. what you were taught wasn't a total lie but was so distorted that you would no longer have like the Mashiria uh Silip probably knows isn't real. It would mean that like a, a like a huge portion of Beautiful. her life that she was learning does, was a lie. Does the Pursuing it may cause may hmm? I was just gonna ask, does the Church Mashiria acknowledge other gods? Or is it only my Sharia? It's only my Sharia. <clears throat> only my Sharia. Okay. Thank you. Beautiful. That's what I was looking for. I would add to I think what you're saying uh, it is somewhat true but also would be up to Liz and the experience that Scylla would have as of right now I just for me personally based on the information that this party has there's no reason to think that anything about Myceria's creation myth the religion that praises her is a lie because now you've heard from Erebus and Reem that she played a yes. part in ending the war, which is why she became the person that she is currently. The option would be to go wake her up so Sorry, that she I can didn't once mean to again them. be the same. My Sharia is like plan. that's like parts of it. Like my Sharia is a which real, could also be what yeah. she said. But I think that could also be like an yeah. exalting part. For Scylla of like yes, yes. So it oh. depends on how you want to take it personally. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And thanks for yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Explaining that. <laughs> First time paladin problems. <laughs> I am struggling at at this point. I know. I guess I, I've met three of these gods and I've become very I've become acquainted with one and with his I'm struggling to be objective about this and maybe it is because I had such a bad experience with Nyx and with Medusa, so I'm trying not to let that color completely cover, but I'm having a if we help these people, it would mean hurting someone I care about. And even if we end up agreeing that that they should join, I don't know if I personally can I'm struggling to be able to do that. If my Shiria is what I know her to be, unconventional methods be damned, of course. What if she were to bring peace and reconciliation? What if what if there was a balance between both? What if she could reason with Erebus and there could be enough room for all? Is that... I don't know. Maybe I'm getting soft. I believe that. I. I I would like to. If nothing. 
if nothing else, I'm... It's just an idea, but... I mean, I looked up to my Sharia for forever, man, and even if we found her and talked to her, I don't really see a downside to that as much. Maybe, again, could be my own biases here, but if anything, say we don't tell, we don't ask her to put everyone back to sleep, but it might provide a check, or if anything, we get another perspective, you know, from the God side and find a way that can gods and humans be in influence of the same plane of existence? Saying a lot of big words, looking like very closely at Morgus, making sure she's communicating this correctly. Morgus, just like like one of his eyes is like slightly like narrowed, but he just kind of nods. Like if they're both influencing, if we're both influencing the same plane of existence, we have to have ways to. to to like live together, right? To be open to each other and each other's different way of thinking. And I mean, I got a short lifespan compared to a god, and I'm sure that affects some of the ways we approach things. And if anything, maybe my Sharia could help provide some, you know, like checks to keep the, you know, gods in line, and we can try keeping humans in line, and then we can all live together and be happy. Or we, we just talk to her to get a different perspective, and then she goes on her merry way. I. I like that vision, Zippa. I do. I, um... Always oh, a button. I'm having... I'm, a, I'm also having a hard time being objective. About this, um... I know that I don't want the gods to be put to sleep again. I don't want that. I do want more information, as is always my inclination, I suppose, but it's no, I, I, I have what I think are connections that I would like to explore more and I don't want to lose that trail. I think Pursuing my Sharia, at the very least, would give us perspective and information, but at least from my own point of view, in the experiences we've had with the Divine so far, the only way to know if we can trust my Sharia as an arbiter or a hero is to pursue that path and make that decision for ourselves. And while I hear the point, Ziba, of who are we, we mortals, to make such cosmic decisions, who else is going to make them if we don't? We could also ask the king um, what Mysteria's relationship with both of the gods were because she wasn't a sibling she was a cousin if mm. yeah I guess I just feel weird about deciding what to do with other people's lives for them that's valid
Hear me if I'm wrong, Ziba and Livy, but weren't you two involved in a dream, non-dream that had to do oh, with yeah, this? Oh yeah, we killed Medusa. Me what? In defense. We had help um, from a lot of different people. And um, the hunter's goddess was also there, and we saved her life. Although she doesn't remember it. I think it might have been in a different reality, because she also didn't know who my Shiria was. Which which of the was it the dream Galdi uh, or the Galdi we met who didn't know who Mashiria was. was? There we go. Thank you, Livy. There was also there was a, a maze. A maze. We had and was this maze under a rock? Who hasn't heard of Mashiria? There was something that attacked us. Who's Mashiria? It wasn't. It Can't wasn't think. a god. It was. What was it? <laughs> she throws a biscuit at him. We found the arrows. We found the crown. Um, there was. What were we attacked by? Uh, there we was were something else by that in the maze. Giant, um, meat like, uh, uh, shrub creature thing, and giant snake ladies. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there were a multiple of them. There were th- there three. There were of three them? to start, and I think there were more. Like, we went through the maze and we discovered this. It had, like, this lake and a waterfall, and there was, like, what looked like an altar. Like, it was a while ago. It was beautiful. And she didn't I mean, answer yeah. any of my questions. Or she did, but she was vague. Like, all of them are. They're all very vague. Did she give you anything useful? Damish, Other than, I mean, <laughs> the um, crown, the arrows. She didn't know my Shiria. Um, she didn't know why we were there. Must to be. Oh, what if. Okay, this is a theory. Don't take it. What we learned from the king, that the invisible war, that time worked differently, right? That while they were fighting, the invisible war was just an echo of that fight. What if it wasn't a different place, but a different time? What if we went to bef- before my Shiria? Because my Shiria is the last god. The last this last cousin, I believe. What if we Morgus? Make me a constitution. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Twenty-four. Yeah. You stay awake 
I imagine maybe you're gripping the table really hard as your eyes roll back in the head. Something familiar that you've all seen now. Marcus. Okay, you I'm, I'm going to take your dishes. <laughs> in your mind's eye, you see... You're not really sure why you know this, but you see... Hands. They're your hands. And they're touching something they have never touched before. And it is a little rough. It's very thin. It rips so easily. as paper. But you're not experiencing this as a child. You have a wisdom about you. But you feel like a child once again as you're touching this. And the date on the corner of the page is 1720. You come back. <laughs> Livy takes out um, the journal that him and Morgus have been working on. It's like a, this blue with um, gold accents, and he's like, "Are you okay, Morgus? Do you need to read this?" Give me the book. Oh, uh, immediately, he gives him the book. Give me the book. I'm going to flip open to the most recent page. What is the year on the entry? Because I know Livy, I know he's going to make a time, or like a date on each oh, page. The current date? Mm -hmm. Like, like not, not today's date, but the most recent date in that book. Like. Uh, I guess the question I'm asking is Livy's dating it as the day that he writes your entry into the journal, yes. not the day that you're remembering, right? Yeah. Yes. It's it's 140. The year is 140. One forty. <sighs> Livy, what um and Morgus is asking Livy because he knows Livy would know this. Um but as a player, the question that Morgus is asking is how was how were years marked before the start of the current? Because there there's there's like a pre and post Mysteria, right? So we're 140 years after Mysteria. Mm -hmm. And so Morgus is confirming the direction of the dates in the pre yeah. Mysteria timeline. Livy, give me a history check. Cool. Uh, the 24. That's a 24. Yeah, so 
Livy, what you know about timelines is that there was an age before the current age. It was called the Age of Prosperity. Um, the 100-year war began in 1790 AP, Age of Prosperity, and ended in 1890 AP, which then jumped to the year zero AW after the war. And you are now in year 140 AW after the war. Lily, Livy will um, say that, but with a lot more extraneous and kind of useless details. And if you don't stop him, he'll continue. <laughs> no, he, <laughs> Morgus, actually, as, as he's listening to you, he's kind of got this thousand miles stare, but what he begins to do right by the date subconsciously as he starts to tear at the paper a little bit kind of like um some folks do when they're like i do uh when they're reading and they'll like just feel the paper in their hands and start to tear it a little bit not much just like make a tiny little split Livy stops and just stares at you gobsmacked <laughs> I can give you some paper you can rip. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, are, are you okay? <gasps> I, I need to... Um, that was 310 years ago. What? What? That I don't oh. know. I, I, I saw. I saw a paper. I saw a date, and the date was seventeen twenty. Which, by my math, is three hundred ten years ago. How old are dwarves usually? How, no, how old are dwarves? Just in are dwarves usually, yeah. I think, is what he asked. Mm. Dwarves can live a while, but Morgus doesn't look to be that old. You are. Eh, Livy doesn't have seniority <laughs> anymore. Looking credible for your age. What's in your skin routine, and can we start planting it out back? I wish I knew. What you was look that incredible for your age. I don't know that that's my age. I just had a memory with that date. It could have been a book with the date of 1720. Did it feel like that, though? No. I don't feel that old. And, Scylla, if I figure out what my skin routine has been, I'll give it to you. Yeah, listen, that, and she kind of arches and cracks again. And for Scylla looking fairly, you know, in her 30s, you just hear bones kind of again. Uh, that and, you know, any joint things you come across because you're rather spry and, um, you know. Everybody <laughs> hears this and just looks over at you from like the sink washing dishes and goes, God, I hope I never get old. So, so like hears this and <laughs> sh 
shoots a look, but as she does, she cricks her neck and fuck. Oh, God damn it. Oh. Well. Here, here. Morgus will summon um, the equivalent of a mage hand, but it's just like a cloud of blue and gold sparkles to like help ease the, the muscle in your neck a little bit. She just sort of melts into it. <laughs> Livy sits in um, su- superiority well, at the fact that he will never age. <laughs> you're, you're not the only one, though. So. Okay, so... so oh, sorry, Godfrey. No, please. Go ahead, Marcus. I mean... To be blunt about it, it's shit like that that I'd like to find out more about, and I feel like there may or may not be some link to the divine in there somewhere, because I felt very weird when I uh, prayed to Maya, talked about Maya that one time, from those people. Were you asleep? Yes. Uh, there was another time where I woke up. That's private, anyway. And that orbit that you fidget with, that was with you when you first came to, right? It was. Does that mean you get to pick your own birthday? Can no, I make it- the cupcakes? Yeah, but Zippa, pay attention, because he can only do it once. If he starts giving multiple dates to get multiple gifts or meals cooked, that's when we've got to start. You know? <laughs> so, uh... Bold, do you think that's going to I'm just saying. Anyways. Listen, I like you a lot, but I know what you're up to. I, I see you. There's a statistical possibility that I might get two birthdays, and mm. you just ruined it for me, so thanks. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fuck. I mean, I'll make the sweets anyways. That's an excuse. Thank you. See, Zippa has priorities right. Zippa would do it anyway. You didn't need to lie to Zippa. It's not about the lie. It's about about the prize. But anyway. I think we have a direction decided then. Yes, figure out when the hell my birthday was, is. (laughs) A bigger direction than that. I think we're we gonna do. go seek out my Sharia then. Aye. We're not gonna help either side of the war at this point. Which then begs the next question where is my Sharia? And where do we go? We could just wander into the middle of the desert. I'm sure we'd find something if we just followed our heart. so much for listening we're back baby heck yeah season two let's go they made a plan do they stick to it what shenanigans will they run into will they find my sharia who knows let's find out together intro and outro by nolan clock everything else by myself and the amazing cast thank you so much for listening have a great day